0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. And I am totally excited today because in the house we have Bill Donius. And I've known Bill probably for I'm going to guess close to 20 years, back when he ran a bank, and we'll learn more about his background. But what we're going to talk about today is what he's been doing. First of all, you need to know he is a New York Times best-selling author of Thought Revolution with the subtitle, How to Unlock Your Inner Genius. And this book will get your brain doing things that you haven't even thought it could ever do before. As a matter of fact, the best way to describe what Bill does is he helps people Think differently about the problems they have every day in both their personal and their business lives. And who doesn't want to know more about how to do that? Bill, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks a lot, Shep. It's great to be here. I'm a big fan of yours, so it's an honor to be here.
0: Well, I'm a huge fan of yours. And we first met back in the Pulaski Bank days when you were the CEO of a pretty big bank uh, here in the area. And
1: uh, how many branches? Well, we had 15 and, and um we were a billion four, and it was a great experience. I spent twenty years of my life uh, building that bank, building the team, growing it, taking it public. Uh, it was it was a great experience. We grew eightfold in twelve years, and investors that bought in did really well. They got a, I think it was a twenty two x return. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm uh, I, at least I bought the stock.
0: Uh, after it went public, All right. <laughs> okay, All right. and, yeah. and so we got to know each other. But that's really cool. So basically, what you're saying is, in business, you're a really smart dude. But let's go even before no, you uh, – asterisk. No, no, no asterisk. asterisk. You are, man. You are. Uh, and and before that, this is what's really interesting. You were in the entertainment business, more or less. You were out in California uh you you had days where you went and hung yeah. out uh, and watched Johnny Carson do his monologues right we talked a little bit about yeah. that give us a little background yeah. there that's kind I of I guess it was
1: a a Forrest Gump uh gumpization maybe of my life and working and and really you know trying a lot of things figuring out what ultimately i guess what i wanted to do when i grew up uh and so i i was able to try things and when i got bored or wasn't happy or got you know uh wanted to do something else i i quit and did something else so Worked in entertainment and television. It was a great experience. Got to meet all sorts of people uh, producing. One of the line producers on a nationally syndicated talk show that was opposite Carson, actually. It was uh, the Will Schreiner Show, which I was I remember on. Will yeah. Schreiner, yeah. Yeah, so that was the show. And then I did other game shows, uh, talk shows, other kinds of experiences prior. Worked in uh, health food, uh, management consulting, public relations, uh uh, also in the healthcare delivery business for a while, so it's been you know thirty years of plus of doing interesting kinds of things. So now you have this book, Thought Revolution. I
0: remember maybe four or five years ago, we sat down, had lunch, and you're telling me about the book and when it was coming out. Tell us uh, you know a little bit about the book, but more importantly, that's a new phase in your life. What made that happen?
1: That's a great question, Shep, um, and. I think that if I had read uh, this book, my book, as it turns out, when I was 16 or 17, I perhaps would have been more thoughtful, more intentional about what I wanted to do, uh, because it was actually, as it turns out, uh, 18 years ago in therapy that I was wrestling with some issues in my personal life having to do with intimacy and relationships, and every other part of my life was going great but that. And so the therapist handed me a book which is based on the same premise as mine and based on the same Nobel Prize winning discovery from Dr. Roger Sperry in 1981 about hemispheric division in the brain. And so th- uh, that book uh, written by Lucia Capoccioni, recovery of your inner child really helped me understand why I was having an issue in my personal life and how to and moreover I got clarity on how to resolve it. So it then took me a couple of years to figure out, wow, maybe this could help me as a banker in my everyday business. And when I started applying that same those same principles, it really helped me work through that and do better as a banker as well, get a different kind of perspective.
0: Wow. I mean, again, I, as I listen to your history and I listen to what you're doing now, it's like uh, – and I know we're going to be talking about the brain. And you just threw out a really cool term, hemispheric.
1: Division,
0: <laughs> Hemispheric division of the brain. And I think about that. I go, wow, okay, this is cool stuff. You had every hemisphere of your brain working because I know on the right side, your brain does different things than on the left side. And it's real obvious when you're talking to a right brain or a left brain type of thinker. And then there are people that can bridge, go both both sides. And uh, that's th- those are probably few and far between, but they're there most people
1: tend to stay to their side. Is that right? Yeah, and in fact, uh, per, perhaps the greatest example in history, and when you think of, of just amazing talent and genius, is uh, Leonardo da Vinci, right? Yes. Who could write with one hand while simultaneously painting with another. And so I oh, actually wow. encountered a, a professor and a famous novelist in my 200 interviews and in, in the research I did for the book that could – and does write her novels right hand long hand while simultaneously editing them in the margin with her left and when she described this in the interview that she does this I was like mm, bullshit and she said no I really do you want to see me and I said actually I'd love to because of the premise of this work and so sure enough uh she did she showed me how it works and I was amazed and to use your word because I love that word but she then said um, – she then went on to get some insights in the interview that we did. And once I showed her how to use this technique and tool, she then was uh, surprised at the, one of the answers that she got from her alleged right brain and that she said changed the whole, would change the whole course of her summer. So Wow, wow. So, yeah. And so. the technique and tool, by the way,
0: is in part three of the book, uh, page 107. It's called Right Brain Thinking in the Workplace.
1: Yeah, and that's if you want to take that tool to work. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to do it in your, if you use it in your personal life, it's, it's parts one and two kind of explain how this works, you know, how the brain works. Uh, there's a great chart on the updated version on page 16, which I think you can maybe, I don't know if you can sample quite that far on Amazon, but, uh, it explains left hemisphere functions, right hemisphere functions, and, and, and so it's really, it's, it's interesting because this, t- this tool is so simple and easy to use. In the early years when I was explaining this, doing the interviews, recruiting people for the interviews, they were all like, does it involve any wires or electricity? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's a thinking, it's a combination kind of thinking and writing uh, tool that basically involves activating the neural pathways to the non, from, with it from the non-dominant hand to the right side of the brain, so it sounds unorthodox, and it is, but it's it's there's a scientific reason why it works. All right, so you, you're getting left real left. heavy here, right. but I
0: get it. So, if, if non-dominant hand, so for me, I'm right-handed, so it would be my left Correct. hand. Correct. But if I happen to be left-handed, I would use my right
1: hand, even though I'm using the right Correct. side of my brain. Correct. Okay. Now, scientists would say that it's because it's the non-dominant hand that activates. The neural pathways to the right hemisphere of the brain. So it, it's it's really, you know, it, and it's people oftentimes when they have an experience to think of it as simply a handwriting exercise. And if so, it would fail miserably because all of us, and I've been writing this way for 18 years and and still don't write that much better with my non dominant hand, but it, it, what it actually is, it's a thinking exercise. And that's why the book is titled Thought Revolution because it is indeed a sort of revolutionary way of thinking. And in the in the, in the companies that I work with and the individuals that I work with, it's it's it always is fascinating to me that they will write a different answer to the same question. And it, not just different. Oftentimes it's a better answer, which is what we're after. They use their non-dominant and these, hand it, and to they, write out the, the answer. Yeah, and it's originating presumably – the, in the right side of the brain is, and the non-dominant hand is only serving as the activation point so they did research at Yeshiva University actually and they found that participants that squeezed a ball actually had more creative answers than those that weren't squeezing a ball with their non-dominant hand so just the sque- if the squeezing of a ball activates that imagine what it, what it's possible when we're able to not just uh, activate it, but capture the ideas that flow from right brain to non-dominant hand onto page. So that wow. – and it's it, fortunately, it is an easy thing to learn. Uh, so it's not like even as, as – it, it can be taught and picked up in five minutes. So that's the beauty of it. I know. That's when, what
0: when – when we talked – oh, I'm going to say almost a year or so ago, you said, hey, just do this one little piece of the book. Just – Read these pages, and I believe in the new book, uh, it would. Be, maybe it was more than a year ago because it was based. I, I have the original copy of the right. book too. And now, by the way, for those that can, you know, see. Oh, they can't see it. This is radio. Okay. <laughs> but I am holding the new book in my hand, uh, and uh, it's a technique. Now, we're going to take a break in a minute, but before we do that, I would – oh, and there's – got a squeeze ball, too. Now it's I'm squeezing gift. with my left hand. Yeah. Oh, I am squeezing. Now squeezed. this interview is going to get even better. I, it's going to get even better now. I just feel it's flowing. So question <laughs> for you. Left brain, right brain. In, in succinct terminology, what is the difference? I, you know, I've heard you know, left brain creative, right brain analytical. I don't know how accurate that yeah, is. Yeah, it's
1: the the, the um, scientists believe that the left side of the brain is responsible for the mathematical, analytical, logical, linear thinking, and mm-hmm. it's and it perhaps is not coincidental that ninety two percent of the American population is right handed. So the, it, it's in the right side of the body is controlled by the left side of the brain. So we live in a very linear, logical, analytical kind of world. And we need those skills, right, to keep our car, gas, food on the table, keep ourselves employed. All that stuff is very logical, linear. The right side is the creative, the artistic, the musical, the intuitive. But when I came across this other characteristic, which is problem-solving, years ago, eight years ago when I was doing this research, I was like, wow, this explains a lot. Now I kind of get why this process was always very helpful to me in business when I was trying to problem-solve for a difficult problem when I was trying to come up with that creative solution, trying to get that idea on demand when I needed it, not later in the shower or when I was dreaming or driving down the country road with music playing when I might forget it, you know. So it's about being in a meeting, and in these ideation sessions I facilitate have people in the meeting solving problems in real time. Left brain, uh, they get a left brain answer. Perhaps uh, uh, they learn how to do this. They get some right brain answers. They blend those together in the ideation process. They talk about them in small groups, build them into consensus, and then see where the whole room is going. It might that room might be 20. It might be 600. So it's it's really fascinating to see the power of what's possible when people start to think differently. When they invoke a different part of their brain, they learn something new. It's, it's really it's, a, it's fun. It's dynamic. Yeah,
0: and by the way, if you were listening to me earlier, I, I said it backwards. I said right brain analytical, and it's not. It's left brain analytic. And think of it this way, left brain logic. Right brain uh, guy going, hey, man, right on. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Thought Revolution and learn how to be better at problem solving in both our personal and our business lives. We've been hanging out with Bill Donius. My name's Chef Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Bill Donius. So We were talking about the left brain and the right side of the brain and being creative and uh, ideation and uh, hemispheric division. That's my new term for the day I'm going to go home, <laughs> and I'm going to use that when I am sitting there across from my wife at dinner, and I'm going to tell her she's obviously not using the Correct part of the hemispheric mm-hmm. division of her. No, I, I would never do that. Hey, let's talk about brainstorming because uh, that's something I know that is big, and I know you you talk about the most overused statement is "think outside the box," which isn't a bad statement.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great statement actually. Mm-hmm. If only we if only we knew how to do it, but you know where that facilitator is constantly saying, "think outside the box," and as if by being admonished to do it that's going to make it true. Unfortunately for most of us and you know we hear it and it doesn't mean that we're any more likely to think outside the box because actually the science in the the way our brains work as we age is working against us rather than for us. So our brains um, are deteriorating? Well, no I wouldn't say that. I mean we're getting older and wiser. Our judgment is improving in many ways, but uh, when it comes to innovation and ideation and brainstorming, went back 400 years all the way back to Isaac Newton, including Einstein, Heisenberg, Marie Curie, and modern day Zuckerberg, Gates, Jobs. all of them have one thing in common. and that is they were all done with their big discoveries, their idea. By age 30. okay, so you and I are over age 30. So, but so there's and, still hope and, for and, us. and you're listening isn't there, yeah. Isn't there still hope but here's the problem. When and the, the reason what the problem is that scientists have a term for this problem it's called encultured with an e n cultured way of thinking where we get entrenched in our ideas the possibilities we just get into that groove that makes it hard to think outside the box so it the makes o- it hard yeah, to think differently.
0: The old saying uh, he's stuck in uh his, he's stuck in his thinking uh, you know, yeah. that's that's what it is. You yeah, done it we, for get, so long, we, we get we get
1: stuck, and it's great in repetitive mm-hmm. tasks because we may do those tasks incrementally a little bit better every year. You know, some companies are happy with incrementally better. You know, four to eight percent profit improvement per year. That's fine, uh, but the the world in which we live in now, we know that technology is a disruptor, and that these twenty somethings that that can raise a lot of capital with a big idea and disrupt all these conventional industries uh, because it's no longer the technology is the barrier. And if they have a big idea, they don't have to wait 20 years to get to the top of the corporate pyramid. They can go out and raise the capital and potentially start doing it tomorrow. Right. I think that's an advantage we have today that
0: maybe 30 years ago, you know, raising that kind of money, coming up with those ideas, probably a little bit
1: unheard of. Yeah, well, look at you know Facebook, Google, uh, Amazon. All these companies are disrupting uh, you know Travelzoo, Travelocity, or, or Uber. Uh, yeah, invent uh, disrupting and yeah. inventing and disrupting everything we do because somebody's got a faster, better, cheaper way of doing it involving technology. And so you know we don't for those of us over age thirty. We don't want to be sitting on the sidelines just watching these younger people come up with big bright creative ideas. Uh we want to be doing them too. So I, I view this as sort of the revenge of the us old guys being able to get back in the game You're and compete. You're not that compete. old. Well, yeah, I I don't feel that old, but I you know at 57, I've been around the block a number of times. So and I and I will say that I've never found anything better and I I practice yoga. Uh I uh, practice meditation. I work out with a trainer and lift weights twice a week. I run. I swim. I've done all, th- all kinds of things in my life, taken art classes, you know, studied languages. I've not found anything better than this process as a thinking tool. When I want to think about a problem uh, for a client or in my own business or when I was running the bank, this tool is as good as anything I've ever discovered and faster than anything else. Because remember the old saying, oh, sleep on it. Well, yeah, this is partly because your brain is turning over right. and but in this case, this process is one where you don't have to sleep on it. You simply change brains by changing hands. You do have to suspend disbelief because you have to allow that idea to come from brain to hand rather than it's not brain it's not hand to brain, it's brain to hand, so this be in the state of flow long enough to have that idea pop through. You know, from what is a different way of thinking. It's, all, right, it's, all right, so you you keep talking about this tool, and you're hinting that it has
0: to do with writing with your non-dominant hand. So if you write right-handed, you're picking up a, a pen or a pencil with your left hand, you're putting it to paper, and uh, uh, will you share this with us? Sure. I, I know there's yeah. a lot more to yeah. the book no, than I just mean, this I'm, tool, I, so, yeah. but if this tool is interesting, uh, yeah. we're
1: going to sell a lot of books for you today. Yeah, t- mm-hmm. it's simply... That um, you're what we're attempting to do is activate the neural pathway from the non dominant hand to the right brain. So, importantly, the first step is you have to suspend disbelief, you have to be willing to have a thought flow through. Why don't you want to try this in real time? You're welcome. Let's do it, it. I'll do it right now. So, okay, so what I want you to do is uh, I want you to write an answer to this question with your dominant hand with first so you see how this works. First, okay. So the question is, and this is a fun one, That's actually the first question in the book, uh, and I do this with big groups uh, as well as small groups. The question is, as it applies to you, if I were an animal, what animal would I be? Write down your answer. Okay. I have a fun answer for that. Am I allowed to write a fun answer? What a, it's your choice. Okay. Whatever you want to write.
0: I'm going to write down a shark. Okay. Now what I want to do... By the way, do you want to know why? Sure. Not like your typical shark that goes in and kills, but I do card tricks. Uh, So I'm a card shark. uh, Oh, got it. Maybe it's a card sharp. They used to call me sharky when I had a deck of cards in my hand when I was a kid. uh, I like it. Card shark. It's stuck. Uh It's stuck. Okay, great.
1: Uh, And it's good for getting you unstuck, it sounds like, too, those magic tricks. So that's cool. So now switch hands. Now what I want to invite you to do importantly here and this may be a little harder since we're on air and you're focused on the responsibilities of a hosting a show, but just kind of tune out, uh, if you would, if you could imagine a, a kind of proverbial reset button in your brain and just kind of hit your brain, let it reset, don't think about anything, and just trust with the pen in your non-dominant hand that it's possible when you hear the question that an idea can flow from brain to hand and onto the page. You might see it. You might feel it. You might, you know, you may not know where it's coming from, but just allow it to flow through. The question, as it applies to you, is if I were an animal, what animal would I be? Boom. Write it down. I don't know if you'll be able to read it. By the way, if we get really quiet and you hear a lot of dead space,
0: it's because I have zoned out. So so nudge (laughs) me here. Um, I've got a good one i've got a good one um and i am writing down um and i i I don't know if this is the the right kind of animal but i'll tell you why i wrote it down because i believe that this is what this animal does
1: uh i wrote down a sheepdog okay um i'll let me give you a little theory about that that's First of all, ninety percent of the people that have done this over fifteen thousand times now in eight years with me, two hundred initially on the one-on-one interviews, ninety percent of them get two different answers. Now, bear in mind, this is two different answers to the exact same question sixty seconds apart. So, I think I think you're, I think you've experienced hemispheric division in your own brain because right. how and is and it that I you already knew the answer yeah. to the
0: first question? I've never. Thought about the true answer to this question, you know, because I've done like the dating game with my wife, you know, Mm -hmm. or the newlywed game. If your husband were an animal, what kind of animal would he be? And I would write down, you know, shark, and my
1: wife would write down something else, you know, I don't know what, you know. But
0: this is good. So now here's
1: the here's another part to this. Eighty percent of the people that do this with their dominant hand get one of only four animals, of all the animals in the animal kingdom, and I think it it's evidence of the conventional maybe even entrenched and, and, and cultured way we think because the animals are dog, cat, horse, bird. So they're mm-hmm. very common, very well-known kind of animals, and I think the reason is my hypothesis here, this isn't scientifically proven, but my hypothesis is that what we write with our dominant hand, based on the question, the way it's worded, is an answer that's aspirational. We would choose to be that animal if we could in life. However, something really cool and different happens when we switch hands, switch brains, and go to the right brain, the more creative, intuitive part of our brain. And it's as if that brain takes a look at us and does a scan and goes, oh, okay, I get it. If you're asking me if Shep were an animal, what animal would Shep be? and then that answer ends up being one that's much more representationally true I'll for how we are in and life. and you know what? that's
0: exactly what happened. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break and when I when we come back, I am going to tell you why I chose sheepdog. Awesome. And uh as opposed to shark and shark was a nickname, which is why it stuck with me. Uh nothing aspirational per se, but I probably if you you said you're not allowed to use that I would have started to think about, well, what do I want to be like? But now that you've told me that the name of the animal that I wrote down is more about what I actually am, that is actually true. That is this, the word sheepdog isn't what I want to be like. It's what I am. And, And I'll tell you why when we come back, we've been talking with Bill Donius. This is really cool stuff. Excellent. 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 We'll be right back. Don't go away. Amazing business radio. We'll be back in just a moment. I promise. If you're an entrepreneur and run a small business, then Sarah Petty's book, Worth Every Penny, is for you. Sarah shares tips on how to create a profitable business without participating in a slash-and-burn price war with your competitors. If you want to maximize your advantages over the big box stores, go to Amazon.com and check out Sarah Petty's book, Worth Every Penny. Build a business that thrills your customers and still charge what you're worth. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Chef Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking about Bill Donius, or with Bill Donius, talking about me being a sheepdog. Now, I know it's not because I have a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but maybe you're furry other places. Though, I am huh? furry yeah. other places.
0: <laughs> so why a sheepdog? So uh, the most amazing thing is that, you know, and we talked a little bit about this during the break, uh, you know the shark is just a nickname for me and if i truly wrote down an animal i would have written down an animal that i thought i would like to be like one that i would be proud of to share with you but i never ever in a million years would have written down sheepdog and i'm not sure sheepdog's the right kind of dog uh we used to have a dog a bearded collie and uh it looks a lot like a sheepdog but sheepdogs are herding dogs right 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 and that is the reason i wrote down the sheepdog is because i feel like um a big part of what i do is i try to move companies in the right direction as it applies to customer service and experience Uh, i just got finished with a phenomenal opportunity to be the leader uh, as president of the national speakers association which really is kind of a worldwide really like uh,
1: herding sheep it it really hurt it was more herding cats
0: than sheep and uh it was just an amazing, amazing thing. And when you're, where you're running a board, uh, but you just got finished telling me a few things that we need to, to share with everyone. So
1: now the sheepdog, the the, the personality traits come out. Yeah, and, and what's really fascinating is that as you shared, shep, people, because this is happening and this idea is originating. If we allow it to in the right side of the brain, it's it's a it's an idea that's independent from the left side and that's a big part of the value because we'll get to the chance to learn something new and insightful about ourselves that may in many cases these animals that people write down in these sessions are you know politically incorrect they're they're brutally honest they're things that they may not otherwise want to say about themselves exactly they're true well i was in a session where, where many times where people write a uh, pig or in, in a, a famous session with a uh, I won't name the company but they're a big huge financial advisory firm and one of the per- underperforming partners in this group of eight wrote down ostrich as his non-dominant hand identified animal and then went on and the follow-on question is what characters did I share with an ostrich he wrote that he has his head in the sand on a number of things and proceeded to list what they were from his right brain non-dominant hand and then he proceeded to share that with his team and it was everybody was just like Uh, thunderstruck. Right. I can only imagine. I mean, but it was, it it does take us to a more vulnerable, you know, more valuable place too, because it's the stuff that we usually guard and hide. And we don't want people to know this stuff. We want them to know the best version of ourselves. But but in other words, we can't improve and we can't learn more about ourselves and be more self-aware if we're unwilling to explore, right? To go deeper, to learn stuff. So uh, it's, it's very powerful. So I can see how this works if you were just going to take on a problem and you're
0: sitting around with a group of people in a room and say, okay, everybody, we've got a big whiteboard here. Uh, let's just start talking about ideas. Would people share some of what they think? And then tell me if I'm if this is the right way of thinking, asking people, okay, let's stop talking about it. Take out a pen or t- go up to the board with your non-dominant hand and now start writing answers. Would that? Well, I. Am I oversimplifying y- it? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Darn. Short, I was on to something.
1: It, but you may not be, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, only, I only have my 18 years. I think I'll experience. go with your 18 years. And, and in my experience, it it's a very personally reflective kind of process that you have to capture these ideas. You know, generally, the question is in front of you. You look, if you're doing it at home, you write the question in front of you. Uh, and you see the question, you read the question to yourself, and then with the pen in your non-dominant hand, you, you maybe reset, you maybe close your eyes, take a breath or two, open your eyes, read the question again, and then just let whatever flows forth to flow forth. But in my experience, it, it has to be done in a way that this is captured on a personal basis, on an individual basis before, you know, it's not like as much as it might be fun, and, all, and it can't be a great icebreaker and all that, but I... It, it's generally you know something that's captured on a on a personal, on a individualized personal basis yeah. yeah, it's not, not it's it. not as much party game and and but I, that that said, I think that in time it's like going to the gym. If we imagine if we only used a right uh, barbell on our right arm and we never ever picked up a barbell and put it in our left hand and we never actually ever flexed it. Well, our left arm would be weaker, right? So I think what happens with our brain is we're very used to a dominant style of thinking, and that keeps us in the box. So if we really want to learn to think outside the box, we've got to use a different process, use our brain differently. And I, you know, as I mentioned, I think this works extremely well. It's simple, fast, easy to learn, and we activate the right brain, and, and then we can decide if we like an idea or not, but at least we're getting fresh new thoughts. We get, we get the sheepdog to surface. And that dog may have been in hiding for, you know, decades. So it's getting something. It's more recognition, I think. Uh, I
0: don't know if it was hiding, but it's like, okay, this is obvious to me. Boom, pow, bang, you know, you hit me with it. Right. I get it. I get it. It makes sense. So you mentioned there's follow-up. Once you decide, uh, this is a real simple exercise, you look at the different traits.
1: Yeah, and I would say a follow-on question, a great one to try, would be what characteristics do I share with that what I call inner or that non-dominant hand identified right brain identified animal that I wrote down and then with your dominant hand write whatever comes to mind and then take on that same question with your non-dominant hand and see what you get and generally almost always people get insights of from the same brain that gave them theoretically sheepdog, they get why they wrote sheepdog in the first place, mm-hmm. and they get some why's uh in response that they didn't otherwise know or realize and it's very cool it's like it's like meeting it's like meeting the other half of you you know it's maybe even going further maybe it's meeting uh, your better half and it may and most people think of it as their spouse, but in this case it might be it might be that more intuitive kind of more creative half that's the other half of your brain, your right side of your brain. And is this something you can can do as an
0: exercise with someone? you encourage somebody to be? Yeah, I you know, think like,
1: it's, it depends on, you know, people learn differently. And I think some people have reported, that, you know, this book's been out since 2012. So I've heard from people all over for years that write in through the website, uh, WilliamDonius.com, or they call, me, write to me through LinkedIn page, William Bill Donius, and they they say, well, this happened or that happened or what do you make of this or that? So you can, and, and it was designed to be, you know a self-directed process the book has 55 questions in it so it's designed to be you know one that you can follow through simon schuster is the publisher and but if some people do need the extra handholding and so in corporate situations when i'm working with teams of 20 to hundreds you know it is helpful that i'm coaching them through all of this in real time in silence their writing with their dominant hand, and they're writing the answer to a specific question with their non-dominant hand. So the process there is really learning what we can learn to apply about the company to solve a problem, to improve the bottom line, whatever it is. And, And so that's helpful. And they learn it, and they get some practice. It's like having a coach at the gym who's showing you how to lift the weight or what sequence to use. It makes it some better and some people are you know are would rather just go to the gym on their own and do it so it really right matters. you know and i'm okay
0: with that pick up the book do it by yourself uh but you just gave us a couple of key important pieces of information if we want to learn more about you first of all the book thought revolution how to unlock your inner genius you can buy it on amazon you can go to your bookstore best-selling book new york times best-selling book the latest version simon and schuster version updated
1: with new stories and the latest one has a white cover uh just to make that distinction if okay you go to amazon you see a blue a book blue, a white, buy, blue. buy the white one uh, yeah okay. same price get the you know right the latest one
0: okay we get that how do we reach you william donius.com
1: correct uh, d-o-n-i-u-s thank you yes that way um, a lot of people reach out uh, through linkedin i've Published, I think it's up to like uh, 31 different blog pieces now on LinkedIn. I that describe various elements of this work, or you know, in the in the that around the area of creativity or writing or uh, some related kind of team building, some kind of related topic. Um, and I guess and you know, those are probably the the two uh, best ways. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Facebook page William A Donius. Um, I respond to messages that way, so it's you know basically anyway. Cool, yeah. It's just you'll find him. Good yeah. looking guy. with a picture comes up, that's huh. Bill
0: Donius, oh, William uh, yeah. dot com. I'm so glad I came to that. <laughs> <I> needed that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're just about finished here. I always like to ask the one thing question. Is there one thing you want to leave us with? Is there one extra thought if you want to reemphasize something we've talked about already today? Uh, what's the one thought you want to leave us with? I would
1: say. There is more to life. There's more to business. There's more that we can get from ourselves by diving in, learning more about ourselves, diving in, going deep, uh, discovering what's possible, becoming more self-aware. And the easiest way I found to do that, and it was true for me in my personal life 18 years ago, is to is to discover that that we can activate this other side of our brain and and get that good stuff it's there waiting for us and it and it doesn't it's not a long uh, arduous process it's quick easy fast process and you know it'll it could be very life changing as it was for me
0: you know what and for the cost of a book i think it's worth finding out you know it's a good read, and I think we'll learn. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. You've given us amazing ideas, and you haven't just told us about it. You've actually told us how to actually do it. So I say do it by first buying the book and then reading the book and doing what's inside the book. Thanks great, so much. fantastic,
1: Fantastic, Bill. A lot of fun. Thank yeah, you.
0: Great for having you on the show. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.